the editor of the National Review, Political NBC, all of it, the brilliant Rich Lowry. Good morning, Rich. Hey, said, yeah, I screwed up my whole week for you. I'm going to go around all day today thinking it's Monday. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, I missed it because you were off last week. You weren't here Monday. I know. It's been a, lo- a lot of stuff's happened. A lot of stuff. But when I see your columns syndicated from that review in papers like the New York Post, I get so excited. It's like Rex Yeoman watching torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> and this, that's actually funny, I guess. And uh, <laughs> this one I saw today reads... America's woke military is leaving us dangerously unprepared. Now, this is not about Gilgo or Trump, but it's a radical departure, I know. But it's it's interesting because over the last couple of weeks, I've had these discussions with General Keene and Jack Jacobs and others, how with the possibility of a war, China and other countries, Russia, how our woke military is is an issue. And they seem to agree they still think we're the most powerful army uh, in the world, but but they do think it's an issue. Clearly, so do you. Yeah, it's definitely an issue. Now, look, our, our military is still incredibly lethal. I have a friend who heads a, um, a marine mortar unit, and you know all his guys, they're high school grads. They're, they're not woke, believe me. And if, if they want to uh, uh, put a lot of mortar fire on you and, and kill you really quickly, uh, they will. <laughs> so there's no, there's no doubt about that. But th- this thing is, at, at best, is a distraction. Um, all the trans stuff and the DEI stuff, and uh, why? You know, why are we wasting our military's time with this when we have much more important things to do? And it's a classic thing where the left it imposes like a radically new agenda on some institution, in this case the military. And then when you go back, like, oh, let's stop doing that. You know, we've only been doing it the last five years. Why are we doing it? Like, you're a radical. You're an aggressor. <laughs> you're fighting the culture Please. war. Yeah. No, we're not. Yeah, we're just yeah, going, yeah. trying to go back to the status quo. But wasting time is what we do so well in this country these days. I mean, they indicted Donald Trump in New York, Alvin Bragg. It wasted time. Uh, the whole E. Jean Carroll thing, which didn't, turned out not to be rape. I mean, she's looking for more money. She's clearly a a carpet digger, uh, wasted time, gold digger, whatever you want to call it. Uh, then you got the late, the document thing with Jack Smith, waste of time. And now, January 6th, there he is. I know he only said it once in an hour, so what? There he is on tape, President Trump. Make our way peacefully to the mm-hmm. Capitol. What else do you need here? You can be critical of Trump that day. I was, yep. that he waited too long. He didn't break any laws. Once yep. again, third indictment, third arrest coming, waste of time. Yeah, I'm beginning to lose track, but the, the score the scorecard is the Bragg thing is a total disgrace to Bragg in, in his office. I think they, they got Trump on the, the documents legally, but the, the political case is why are you going to let Biden and Hillary Nobody cares. Also hope for right. similar things? He ra- by, the way, then, by the way, he raised another $6 million after Jack Smith indicted him, and yeah. his numbers went up six points again, so no one seems yeah. to care. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a rallying around the flag effect. And this one, yeah, I agree with you. You know my views on, on January 6th. But but uh, just, just because something is reprehensible doesn't make it illegal. <laughs> and uh, uh, this and the, the Georgia indictment, I just don't see any, any possible legal case. And the more you stretch to, to try to nail them, the more people feel protective of him, understandably. And if they think that they're going to kind of break this guy down and you know, <laughs> make, make him quit, it's sure. absurd. I mean, you know, he eats this stuff for lunch. So uh, um, if anything, it's going to help him. Maybe the, the effect, the rally around the f- uh, flag effect kind of wears off a little bit because everyone gets used to it, but uh, it certainly doesn't hurt him. Yeah, but here's the thing. If the rally around the flag thing wears off, it could hurt him. But these people are such idiots. In their attempt to get him, 
They keep arresting him every couple of months. And what does that make people do? Rally around the flag. So yeah, it would be in their best also, interest to stay away. There, there's also just the, the sheer amount of attention it garnered. So, so yesterday you had Ron DeSantis. He's going to do this huge, high-profile, high-stakes interview with Jake please, Tapper, please. right? You know, right. four o'clock on right. CNN. They, it was pre-recorded. They play uh, a two-minute clip at the top. Then the next half an hour is about Trump <laughs> and the coming right. indictment. Then they play the rest of the interview. I know. So uh, it, it just it, it just soaks up uh, so much mind space for the media, which is, of course, good for Trump, too. You know, DeSantis, it's really an unbelievable story. I mean, I was very impressed with Ron. I was. And there was a little bit of time, very little, where guys like Peter King and Bo Deedle almost got to me. Here he's doing a great job in Florida. We're doing all that. And it was last December. And last December was a brutal month for Trump. Even his most ardent supporters couldn't support him. I mean, Bernie would try, God rest his soul, but you couldn't. You had the Kanye West thing, the stupid trading card thing, ripping up the Constitution. And I believe it all turned around for Trump when he went to uh, Ohio. But either way, December was brutal. Here comes DeSantis. He's doing a great job. He basically stole all of Trump's policies without all the noise. And I really thought he would be a big-time competitor. But he has turned out to be, and I'm going to say this as nicely as I can in two words, wet fart. That's it. Ron DeSantis at this point is a wet fart. Put that in National Review this week. Say Sid Rosenberg said it. He is not stolen. uh, What for? He's so disappointing to me. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I I don't think he's dead, but it has definitely not been a good stretch. And, and, um, you know, since we've talked last, I had lunch with Trump out in Bedminster. And this just telling, it was off the record, so I won't go into details. But just now, this is, by the way, this, this, Trump, this Trump was right after he sent you back one of your columns, yeah, yeah, signed so, how much he likes you. Yeah, so, so he reads the column, he likes the headline, uh, says, you know, Black Sharpie, Rich, rich let's, let's get lunch. And then he works me the whole time. And he's incredibly gracious and, uh, you know, brought home to me how. He has these really unusual political skills, but he also has some usual political skills. He's a host. He can be gracious. He can pay attention to you. He can make you seem important, all that, and try to persuade you. DeSantis, I've written favorable things about him for like three years, never a peep, right? So here's Trump like reaching out on a column that wasn't that favorable, right? He just had a good headline, and he's going to try to persuade me, and I never hear anything from DeSantis. And there's just that kind of human element of politics that's missing. Now, it doesn't make a difference to me one way or the other whether I hear from someone, that's but not true. if you're a Florida congressman, no, you just lied. it makes a difference. No, you just lied. You just lied. Of course it makes a difference. You just made the point, and I'm the same way. I mean, Trump comes on and says, you're number one Sid, and I walk him out with an election for two days. Yeah. Of course it makes I a difference. I have a friend who had, had an event. Trump, Trump spoke. Uh, there and blew the roof off the joint, and then ca- called my friend the next day. That that was the best event you've ever held. And, and then and then says now now what you just need to do is endorse me. And and he said uh, Trump, you, you know, uh, sir, I, I don't think you need my endorsement. It won't help you. And he's like, no no no, you don't understand. It wouldn't be good for me. It'd be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So on the other side, you got Biden, who's uh, you know, they're still amazing. And I think my sister is one of these people. Like forty something percent of folks, I think Biden's doing a good job. I don't know where. World War III is about to start. The economy is a mess. Yes, inflation is down, but that's because they're crippling us with interest rates. I mean, it's a mess. Crime is an issue. Race is an issue. Nothing has gotten better in this country. Nothing since Biden took over. So, so, but he still gets 40%. But now, now, of course, with the House members of the GOP led by Kevin McCarthy and Jim Comer and Jim Jordan and Nancy Mace and others, 
They are on a collision course to destroy this family and really expose how corrupt they are. Now you got these IRS whistleblowers. One is a gay Democrat that spoke yesterday and said he's guilty. Hunter Biden is covering for his, for his father. He's guilty. He said in a text, my dad is sitting right next to me. Do you think, same question I asked Brian Kilmeade earlier, do you think eventually Joe Biden is going to go down in this mess? It, it needs to be a, a smoking gun. You know, a gun on the table is not just a wisp of smoke. You know, it's like a ch- chimney full of smoke coming out. And that, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think there's potential it could take him down. Now, odds, you know, much less than 50 percent, but potential. So, I mean, those are the two things. Well, there are three things hanging out there for Democrats. One, as we've talked about a lot, he could fall down, have a terrible fall. At any time. Two, you don't know what they're going to find on him at any time. You know, the, the key document or, or text, if we haven't seen it already, you know, could come out at any time. And then, then the economy, there could be a recession. And any of these three things just could be crippling to Joe Biden. So the idea that he's the strongest candidate against Trump, I think Democrats should, should reevaluate that. But I understand why they feel stuck, you know, because there's Kamala looming, looming in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, right now you've got three candidates. You've got him. You've got RFK Jr., who, to me, shot himself dead with the anti-Semitic remarks last week about COVID. He's gone. He was interesting, fascinating. Okay, maybe. He's out. And then you got Marianne Williamson, who's completely insane. Yep. So, what do you, I mean, unless Michelle Obama, we keep hearing her name, even Bill O'Reilly mentioned her this morning, unless Michelle Obama jumps in, we're destined for Trump-Biden. I don't, I don't yeah. see any other way. Yeah, she's not jumping in. It would, and it would have to be Biden and his family, you know, Jill mainly saying, you know what, honey, you're, you're not up for this anymore. Let, let's not no. do this. And, and then, then, then he step aside. Otherwise, there's no making him go. What's in more shape right now, the United States of America or the New York Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close, the Yankees. <laughs> they, I saw something the other day. Their on-base percentage is the lowest it's been since 1990, which was a historically putrid Yankees team. This, if they keep up this pace, I don't know. It'd be close with the Mets, but who, who's going to be the biggest New York sports failure if, if, if this keeps going? Well, I got to tell you, and, the, Yankees. And the Yankees, and don't forget, we're not that far removed from Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie yeah, Irving. True. They that's did true. nothing in Brooklyn. So all these teams, maybe the biggest baseball failures. Oh, no doubt. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and everybody's oh, yeah. telling, we're going to the Super Bowl, the Jets. I'm looking at the Yankees and the Nets and yeah. all these teams, and going, maybe New York is cursed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't you don't, don't want to end up eight and ten or whatever it is. <laughs> right. Do you think the Yankees? Uh, listen, I know Judge is out. He's the best player in baseball. If you weren't sure about that before, sometimes you start to know how good somebody is yeah, when exactly. they're gone. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you think without him they can make a run? Do you think this is it? I don't think they can make a run without him. I think they can make a run with him, you know, and maybe get some regressing towards the mean in a positive way. Everyone's hitting, you know, rest of the way hits. Uh, uh, 20 points higher than they are now. Anthony Rizzo starts to do something again. He hasn't done anything since May. Um, and, you know, there, there's so many wild card slots. They're only like two two or three games out, so it doesn't take much. So yeah. I wouldn't write him off, but yeah. it's not been pretty. Yeah, there are three teams ahead of him, though. They're two and a half back in that yeah. wild card race. Yeah. Uh, last one, Dan Bongino. Yeah, he is on uh, that, that Trump thing. It's called, uh, what's Trump thing on, on the social media? Uh, True Social. True Social, yeah. And every day Bongino wakes up and he... Puts on the Internet the same thing. I think it's stupid, to be honest, and kind of dumb. But every day he wakes up and goes, today's date and Joe Biden is still 
the worst president in the country. <laughs> and he's done it every day, I swear to God. And I see it, and I used to laugh, now I think it's stupid. But either way, I'm going to start this early. I did this with you and Bernard every day. Win? Yes. 16 months out. If today was the election, who was the 47th president of the United States? I think it's a coin flip. No, no, you got to give me an answer. No, nope. But I would say Biden. Oh. Yeah. And you're always right. No, not always right. Yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty close. Remember I said now, why do you say Biden? Win. You pressured me into Lee Zeldin. That's true. I did. Uh, I think yeah. the, the, uh, you know, the, inco- the incumbency is an advantage. I do think Trump is radioactive to the middle, which is going to be a, a big problem for him. But, you know, he just needs some Biden voters to, to flake off, which just not show up, which isn't crazy, and turn out his base and 20,000 votes to go uh, a, a different way in some key states, and it can happen again. Well, we'll do it again next week. It's great to have you back. And right, much so, like when Aaron Judge was to play for the Yankees. Uh, when you're not here. Yeah, <laughs> See you, Rich. Right. Thank there you. You're welcome. National Review, Political, NBC, Rich Larry.